Hello and welcome to Camel Screen Guild Players from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. The Golf Screen Guild Theater. Your neighborhood good golf dealer and the golf oil companies welcome you to the Golf Theater. The one place where you meet all your favorite stars. Anne Southern, Melvin Douglas, Robert Young, Spencer Tracy, Carol Lombard, Edward G. Robinson, Cary Grant, and Irene Dunn will appear here within the next few weeks. Tonight, we present Claudette Colbert, Charles Boyer, Isabel Jewell, and of course, Oscar Bradley and his golf orchestra. And here is your host and the director of the Golf Theater, Roger Pryor. Good evening, everyone. When I see tonight's cast and the names of our future stars, there's no doubt about it, the Gulf Theater is the star's own theater. Every star wants to appear here because, you see, the money that Gulf would ordinarily pay to the stars is given instead to help meet the needs of the Motion Picture Relief Fund and to build a home for the less fortunate members of the industry. And now about tonight's play. It reminds me of an experience I had when I was such a small child that a row of trees back of our house represented the boundary of my world. One day I discovered that the level ground fell away from the first row of trees and into a small valley with a brook running through it. Fifty feet down the brook there was a grassy island big enough for me to build a little shack on. Suddenly I was an explorer with a newly discovered world all my own. In tonight's play, the brilliant Phyllis Batome writes about a group of grown-up people who attempt to retreat to some unknown island. Some private world within themselves. What happens to them is the story of tonight's play. We meet Charles Boyer as Dr. Monet. Claudette Colbert as Dr. Jane Everest. I play Dr. Alex McGregor and Isabel Jewell as Sally, my wife. Our curtain rises in the sunroom of Brentwood Hospital for the Insane on a morning in October. Good morning, Dr. Everest. Good morning, Matron. Hello, Carrie. I'm Carrie Flint. I'm Carrie Flint. 
Carrie Flint's sewing. Yes, it's lovely, Carrie. Dr. Everett. Yes? Dr. McGregor's wife is waiting in your office. Oh, thank you, Matron. Hello, Sally. Hello, Jane. Oh, I couldn't wait at home. I had to find out how Alex came out with the Board of Governors. He hasn't come back yet. But when he does, he'll be the new superintendent of Brentwood Hospital. Dr. McGregor's superintendent. Oh, Jane. They'll have to appoint Alex, Alex. He's done so much. You mean you and Alex have done so much together. Oh, Jane. I'm horribly jealous of you. Sally. Oh, I don't mean the ordinary kind of jealousy. I'm jealous of all the things you and Alex do together. Your work, your experiment. Oh, well, I'm glad it's only that. You think I'm silly, don't you? No, darling. It's no easy job being a doctor's wife, especially when your husband's colleague is another woman. Sally, it would be awful if you didn't trust that other woman. Oh, I do, only... It's I who should be jealous of you. Of me? Here. You're in love. That means a great deal more than work or psychiatry or, or even friendship. Believe me, I know. Do you? Were you ever in love? Yes, yes, very much in love. Not, not with Alex. No. No, his his name was Michael. We were both very young. We'd been children together. Then the war came. During an attack, he ran away. He was shot for cowardice. Jane. For cowardice. No one asked why. No one inquired into the cause. They, they just shot him, that was all. But he wasn't a coward. I knew that, Sally. That's why I went into this work. I thought I'd try and understand people like Michael. I thought I'd try in some small way to help them. What happened to him could happen to any of us. Our hospital is full of people just like him. Something happens that, that they don't understand, that they can't cope with, and... Well, they crack up, that's all. But there is a cure. There must be a cure. You and Alex will find it, Jane. You've helped so many people already. Oh, Alex! Hello, Sally. Hello, Jane. You didn't get the appointment. No, I didn't get the appointment. Oh, but what happened? Politics, that's what happened. I'm leaving the hospital. I'm going to chuck the whole business. Sally. What's the good of all the slaving Jane and I have done around here? When it comes to appointing a new superintendent, they pick someone who doesn't know a laboratory from a pigsty. Who's been appointed, Alex? His name is Charles Monet. He's French or Viennese or something. A foreigner with an accent thick as mud. Monet? Well, he's written some fine textbooks. I wonder why he left his own hospital to come here. And if you don't resign, Jane, he'll make you resign. He doesn't approve of women doctors. Well, I'm not resigning, and neither are you. You're not going to jeopardize your future and Sally's just for foolish pride. We'll go on with our work until Dr. Money arrives to take over. And then, well, we'll be fair and adult enough to listen to what he has to say for himself. Yes? Dr. Everett is here. Oh, send her in, please. Let me see. Case 22, three months. Reflex is normal. Oh, if you're busy, Dr. Bonnet, oh, Good morning, Dr. Everest. I... Well, if I'm interrupting you. No, 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 just that I didn't expect you to look so... I mean, to... I expected you to be older and, uh, well, uh, shall I say, less presentable. Well, I'll be brief and to the point. Yes, Dr. Bonnet. I've never worked willingly with a woman doctor. It's been my experience that women are entirely out of place in the medical profession, especially in a mental hospital. I've always preferred to be judged by my work rather than by my sex, Doctor. Uh, as superintendent, I propose to make some changes. If you can't agree with my plans for you, I think it's only fair that you should have the opportunity to resign. Just what are your plans for me? Uh, you've been in charge of the male side of the hospital. Yes, I have. Don't you think that such a position is most unsuitable? Not to say 
dangerous for a woman? It depends entirely on the woman. If she has fear, she doesn't belong in the hospital at all. You see, I believe the male patients are far more likely to open their minds to a woman. Mm. Well, I'm sorry to find myself in complete disagreement with you. Uh, I intend to assign you to the outpatients department. That is, if it is agreeable to you. May I ask your plans for Dr. McGregor? Why should they concern you? We've been working together as a team. He might resign out of loyalty to me. Well? I'll make a bargain with you, Dr. Monet. A bargain? Yes. I'll accept the outpatients department if you'll allow Dr. McGregor to continue his work in his present position. Oh, your loyalty is very touching. Well, I think I may consider... Good morning. Oh, come in, Dr. McGregor. Hello, Jane. Uh, thank you for coming. I am very familiar with your record. An excellent one. And I hope I may expect your full cooperation. If I remain, I shall naturally cooperate, Dr. Money. Hmm. I've been discussing certain changes with Dr. Evers. What changes? I've asked Dr. Monet to transfer me to the outpatient. Why? Any junior psychiatrist can handle that department. Who suggested it? I did. And I agreed with him. Oh, but now look here. A decision has been made, Dr. McGregor. Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't know you were busy. Of course I'm busy, Claire. Please, will you see? Oh, sit you needn't be cross about it. The moving men are here, and they want a, a bill of lading or something. Oh, very well. I'll see if it is in my papers. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Dr. Everest, Dr. McGregor, uh, this is my sister, Claire do? Money. Hello. Uh, how do you do? I'm so helpless about these things. I have to come to Charles for everything. Uh, here's the paper the men are waiting for, Claire. Uh, you know, uh, Dr. McGregor, this is my first experience in an asylum. And when I see the patients walking about, I, I get the most peculiar feeling. Really? Uh, it all seems so hopeless, doesn't it? Well, personally, I find very little difference between sanity and insanity. If you'll excuse me, Dr. Money, I'll make my morning round. Oh, well, uh, let me come with you. And you can tell me all about the hospital. Claire, I don't want you to go through the hospital. I'll be glad to take you, Miss Money. Oh, thank you, Dr. McGregor. Goodbye, Dr. Uh, Everett. Goodbye. Uh, see you at lunch, Charles. Come, Doctor, you must tell me all about it. My sister is a very determined young woman. Yes, I can see that. And most attractive. Yes. You know, I have a feeling I've seen her somewhere before. Oh, no, you must be mistaken. Perhaps I am, but all the time she was here. No, someone who resembled Claire, no doubt. I must ask you to excuse me now. Thank you for coming. Good day, Dr. Everest. Are you in charge of this ward tonight? Yes, Dr. Everest. Did you put the screen up around that bed? Uh, Dr. Mooney ordered it. Oh, he's been here long enough to know better. Take it down at once. If Jerry wakes up and sees it, he'll throw the ward in an uproar. The patient is very sick. Dr. Mooney's there with him. I know. He should know better than... The screen! Oh, no! Dr. Mooney! Dr. Mooney! I can't see! Dr. Mooney! Jerry! Go back to your Jerry. bed. Screen! Jerry! Take down the screen! Jerry, listen to me! You're trying to shut me in! me, Jerry. Why did you do that? Better put him in solitary. No, no. You know we wouldn't hurt you, don't you? Don't you, Jerry? We wouldn't close you in so you can't see. You're sorry, aren't you, Jerry? Oh, take him back to the work hospital. He'll be all right. Yes, Dr. Everett. My foot. I didn't think about his king. I remember you told me about that a month ago. Dr. Munner, you're hurt. That's my reason. I think it's pained. 
Come down to the laboratory and I'll have a look at it. That is, if you can overcome your prejudice against women doctors. I think that does it. You're lucky it wasn't a compound fracture. You made an excellent job of it. Thank you. Quite all right. Uh, Dr. Everest, why don't you like me? I don't dislike you. But when someone I meet adopts an attitude, I usually meet him halfway. <laughs> You're thinking of that first day we met in my office. I apologize for the impression I gave. But you see, I felt you all resented my coming here. To be frank, Doctor, we did. <laughs> I don't blame you. But now that you've saved my life, I believe we can be friends. Of course. That's better. You know, I'm afraid this wrist is going to need a lot of attention. Oh, I'm sure any of the doctors in surgery will take care of it for you. Oh, why not you? Well, you forget, doctor. You took me out of the male side of the hospital. I'm in the outpatient department. Oh. Excuse me. Dr. Everett? Hello, Jane. This is Sally. Alex hasn't come home yet, and I'm so lonely. Will you come over? Oh, of course I will, darling. I'll be right there. Thank you, Jane. Mrs. McGregor's alone and not feeling well. I'm, I'm going over to her. Oh, but perhaps I'd better go with you. Oh, no, thank you. I'll, I'll be perfectly all right. Good night, Doctor. Uh, good night. Oh, uh, tell me, is, um, is Dr. McGregor working in the laboratory tonight? No. No, he went into town late this afternoon. I see. Thank you. I thought you'd be in bed. Isn't this rather late for you to be getting home, Claire? Don't be brotherly. It's too depressing. Where have you been? I went into town late this afternoon, if you must know. What are you up to, Claire? I don't know what you mean. You know perfectly well. McGregor. I must have some social life. McGregor is a married man. If I'm not to be allowed any freedom, I might just as well be in one of your wards. I'm not so sure you don't belong in one of the wards. Why, Charles? I said you can't be happy unless you're destroying something that is precious to someone else. Charles, I'm too tired for a scene. When I brought you here, I told you that you were not to have anything to do with my staff. If you go on with this, I'll tell everyone about you. I don't think you will, Charles. Remember, I'm your sister. Yes, you may be my sister. But if I catch you up to any of your old tricks, I'll not protect you anymore. You understand that? You can't frighten me. You don't dare tell. It would ruin you. No. It would ruin both of us. This is my last warning, Claire. Leave Dr. McGregor alone. And so our curtain falls on Act One of Private World. When dealing with problems of the mind, a doctor has to have a very special kind of training. But when we deal with everyday problems, well, we all have a lot of respect for good, plain common sense. Horse sense, our grandfathers call it, eh, Johnny? You bet, Rog. And that same common sense can be mighty useful today when we come to pick the right gasoline for automobiles. Because if you stop to think a minute, you realize right away that in gasoline, as in almost everything else, what counts is all-round excellence. For instance, you certainly want high anti-knock. And each in its own class, that good golf gasoline and golf no-knock gasoline will give you real anti-knock performance, no matter what roads you drive and no matter what car you own. Quick starting, the same way. Golf gasoline gets going quickly with the burr of the starter. Other advantages, such as mileage, smoothness, and low carbon formation, score just as high. Yes, Gulf gasolines give you balanced, all-round value. That's because Gulf gasolines are being constantly improved, not just in one way, but in many. 
So stop next time at your neighborhood good golf dealers. You'll get an even better gasoline today than you got six months ago. Just as six months ago it was better than the year before. It pays to look ahead when you buy gas. To look ahead for the sign of the Gulf Orange Disc. And now the curtain of the Gulf Theater is about to rise on the second act of our play, Private Worlds. Starring Claudette Colbert, Charles Boyer, and Isabel Jewell. An atmosphere of suspicion and intrigue hangs over Brentwood Hospital for the insane. Three months have passed since Dr. Monet, the new superintendent, came to Brentwood with his sister Claire. He has turned Dr. Jane Everest against him because of his prejudice against women doctors, and Claire Monet, in spite of her brother's warning, is breaking up the marriage of Sally and Dr. McGregor. Now we find Sally knocking on the door. Yes, just a minute. Sally. Jane, have you seen Alex? Why, no. But he'll be along. Come in. Oh, he's with Claire, of course. I know that. It's been like that ever since she came here three months ago. Oh, Jane, I'm so miserable. I know what you're thinking, dear, but you mustn't. Claire doesn't mean anything to Alex. Not really. You can say that because you're safe. You and Alex have your work. Claire can't intrude on that. But the only thing Alex and I share is our love. And now Claire's walked in on it. Just for the moment, but... Listen to me, Sally. Alex loves you. And... Jane... Jane, I'm going to have a baby. A baby? But that's wonderful. Have you told Alan? No, no, I can't. But why not? Because, because I wouldn't want him to come back to me just because he's sorry for oh, me. Oh, but darling, if he knew... He's not to know, Jane. He's not to know, you understand? All right, I won't tell him. Oh, Sally, now what's to be done? If I could only do something, something wonderful, something that neither you nor Alex could do, Perhaps then he'd admire me and, and think I was important. You are important, darling, to Alex and, and all of us. Jane, I'd like to have Carrie Flint to tea. What? Carrie Flint to tea? Why? Be- because I know I can help her. Because I think I understand her. You know, my life was something like hers. How do you mean? Well, I wasn't happy at home. There was no one that cared anything about me at all and, until Alex came along. Oh, you poor darling. Oh, that's why I think I could help Carrie. Oh, Jane, if I only could. Of course you could. You shall have Carrie to tea. I'll, I'll ask Dr. Monet tomorrow. Thank you. Dr. Monet, you will let Sally have Carrie sent to tea. Of course, Dr. Everest. Thank you. It means so much to her. I understand. Perhaps I understand better than you think. You know, I believe you do. Why, Dr. Everest? That is the nicest thing you have ever said to me. In these last months, I've watched you with the patients. I've seen how kind you can be, and I've come to feel quite differently about you. That makes me very happy. Now, at last, we are really friends. Perhaps we are, Dr. Money. Afternoon, Mrs. McGregor. I brought Carrie Flint to tea. Oh, I'm so glad. Do come in. I'm Carrie Flint. I'm Carrie Flint. I've come to tea. I'm Carrie Flint. Sit down, Carrie. Tea's all ready. I've come to tea. Carrie Flint's come to tea. The storm coming up. I hope we don't get caught in it. Oh, sit down, matron. Do you like the flowers, Carrie? I like flowers. Carrie Flint likes flowers. Carrie. 
Aren't you ashamed of yourself tearing up those pretty flowers? Oh, never mind, Matron. Cookies, Carrie? Cookies. I like cookies. Carrie Flynn likes cookies. Uh, Carrie, come back here. Oh, she just wants to sit on the stairs. Maybe she feels hidden there. Carrie. Better leave her alone, Mrs. McGregor. You mustn't be afraid of me, Carrie. Carrie Flynn's cookies. Carrie Flynn's cookies. Yes, your cookies. Don't be afraid of me, Carrie. I only want to talk to you. Cherry Flint's cookies. Cherry Flint's cookies. I can help you, Carrie. You must let me help you. Cherry Flint. Cherry Flint. Cherry. Oh, 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 what's the matter, Mrs. McGregor? She, she tried to bite me. No use talking to her. She'll always be this way. I'm Carrie Flint. Carrie Flint wants to go home. Carrie Flint wants to go home. I'd better take her back. Oh, not yet, please. Just give me a little more time. Carrie, don't you want to stay here with me? With Sally? Sally. Sally. There's no Sally. I'm Carrie Flynn. Carrie Flynn wants to go home. I guess it's no use. You may as well take her, Matron. I'm sorry, Mrs. McGregor. I was afraid it was a waste of time. Come along, Carrie. Goodbye, Mrs. McGregor. Carrie Flynn's going home. Carrie Flynn's going home. Carrie Flynn's going home. Bye. Gone. It was no use. It was no use. It was no use. Hello? Sally, darling. I won't be home till late. Yes, Alex. Don't wait up for me. No, Alex. Everything all right? Yes, Alex. All right. Bye. Goodbye, Alice. It was no use. It was no use. I wanted to do something to make Alice proud of me. I tried to help Carrie Flint. What? What was that? I'm Carrie Flint. I've come to tea. I'm Carrie Flint. I'm Carrie Flint. I'm Carrie Flint. I'm Carrie Flint. Oh, Alex! Alex! Oh, Dr. Abbott. Won't you come in, please? Is Mrs. McGregor here? No. Why should she be? I rang her cottage and no one answered. I was worried. Oh, but wasn't she supposed to have tea with Carrie Flynn this afternoon? Yes, I thought she might have come to talk to you about it. No. I'm worried about her. In her present condition, it's dangerous for her to be so unhappy. I don't know what you mean. Certainly you know what I mean. You know why she's unhappy. Everybody in the hospital knows. Oh, you mean because Dr. McGregor is making a fool of himself with my sister? I admit that Alex has behaved like a jealous schoolboy. I suppose he thought in some way he might be able to strike back at you. But he's no match for Claire, and you know it. You know what she is. What she's done before. Oh. Then you know she is. I told you that first day I thought I'd seen your sister before. You said I was mistaken. Yes, I remember. You were right. I hadn't. But I'd seen pictures of her. 
She's Claire Campbell. And Claire Campbell was tried in Paris for the murder of her husband. It was your testimony that acquitted her. Oh, she's my sister. Naturally, I stood by her. Naturally, but knowing her as you must, you had no right to bring her here. She smashed other people's lives. Now she wants to ruin Sally's. You must send her away. It, it, it's your responsibility. What about your responsibility? Mine? Yes, yours. You and Dr. McGregor live in a mental world that Sally can never enter. That's why she's jealous of you. And that's why oh, she... Oh, that's has... not true. You don't know what you're saying. Why did she want to help Terry Flint? Simply to prove to her husband that she's as clever as you are. But you, you with your reserve, are far worse than my sister. She, at least, obeys her natural instincts. That's more than you do. Listen. If you are as devoted to Mrs. McGregor as you claim to be, there is only one decent thing you can do. Get out of their lives. Yes? Dr. Money, this is McGregor. Oh. What is it, McGregor? There's been a terrible accident. What? Where are you? I just got home. It's Sally. I found her at the foot of the stairs. Oh. She's badly hurt. Can you meet me at surgery right away? I'll be right there, McGregor. What is it? I'll be right there. Surgery. It's Sally. Prepare for an emergency right away. Hey, come with me. Mrs. McGregor has had a bad accident. <laughs> You suppose... Don't worry, Alex. Here. Here, drink this coffee. Monet will do everything he can. You must trust him. I've been so wrong. So terribly wrong. We've both been wrong. About Monet, too, I mean. It's Sally we've got to think about now. It's all my fault. The whole thing's my fault. Mine, too, Alex. I've been made to see that now. Monet! How is Sally? Your wife was badly hurt, Dr. McGregor. But she'll be all right. Oh, thank God. Uh, she's still unconscious. Uh, if I were you, I would go to her. She'll need you, Alex. And don't worry, McGregor. She'll get well. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Dr. Monet. May I thank you, too? <laughs> I'm sorry for what I said to you. Will you forgive me? What you said was true, every word. I'm going away. You'll find my resignation on your desk in the morning. So, you are retreating, too. Retreating? Yes, like the people you're trying to help. I don't know what you mean. Because I told you the truth about yourself, you fight the truth by running away from it. You said I'd come between Alex and Sally. Oh, Jane. Jane, a long time ago, Mrs. McGregor told me why you came into this work. You fell in love with a man who died because the world misunderstood him, because he ran away. I don't want to talk about it. In all these years, you've remained in love with him, afraid to face life without him. I want to go away. You can't go away, Jane. I love you. I want you to stay. Oh. Yes. And you love me. We've been blind. Both of us, Jane. Oh, yes. I have been blind, Charles. All these years. Living in a ghost world with a ghost lover. Now that, that world is destroyed. I've got to build a new one. Then let us build it together. We could work together to help others. Dr. Monet wanted in Ward 6. You and I, Jane, together. Dr. Monet wanted in Ward 6. Charles, they need you. You won't go away, will you? You'll be here when I come back. Yes, Charles. I'll be here. Claudette, Charles, and Isabel, thanks for a swell performance. And now don't go away, because in just a second, we're going to bring on the Gulf question box. Oh, before you begin, Rog, I'd like to say one thing to Miss Colbert. Why, sure. Go ahead, Johnny. Gee, Miss Colbert, 
You are swell. <laughs> well, thanks, Mr. Conti. You are swell, too. Oh, thanks. I... Hey, I wasn't in the play. <laughs> no, I was with you, John. But I did hear you sing with Bing Crosby when he was here a few weeks ago. And I heard you kidding with Frank Morgan last week. You were great. Oh, gee, thanks. Did you hear the advice I gave Frank? Now, what advice? Well, I said that these days, most of us are taking extra care to avoid catching cold. You know, overshoes, overcoats, and maybe a muffler to protect us against winter weather. Well, in somewhat the same way, your automobile also needs extra protection against winter, particularly during the present cold snap. So why not go tomorrow and let your neighborhood good golf dealer make a regular midwinter checkup? If you live up north, your antifreeze may have boiled away. If so, your good golf dealer will help you protect your radiator with golf's new permanent type antifreeze that won't boil away. And wherever you live, your starter may be groaning a bit these extra cold mornings. And that's your cue to change to free-flowing, quick-starting Gulf Pride motor oil. Also, winter road conditions have probably made your car a bit stiff and creaky in the chassis. So better have it Gulf Flex, lubricated with the new Gulf Flex lubricant. Gulf Flex service makes any car ride easier and steer easier longer. So don't miss getting a Gulf midwinter checkup. You'll worry a lot less and enjoy your car a lot more if you stop tomorrow where you see the sign of the Gulf Orange Disc. Thank you, Johnny. And now it's time to pop open the lid of the Gulf question box. Our first question goes to Claudette Colbert. You ready, Claudette? Mm-hmm. All right, here it goes. Now, what was the first full-length all-talking picture to come out of Hollywood? Oh, that's easy. The jazz singer with Al Jolson. Oh, our first victim. You're wrong, Claudette. No. The first all-talking picture was Lights of New York with Antonio Marino. <laughs> so, Claudette, you've got to pay a forfeit. Now, here is your what? forfeit. First of all, you read this. Well, that's, that's wonderful. All right, you read it. Sometimes singing songs sound silly when seven sisters sing some sunny Saturday. <laughs> that's right. But uh, that isn't all of it. Now, read it again, and this time, whistle the S's. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Sometimes. Sometimes. Thank you, Claudette Colbert. I'm sorry our time is up. We had a lot more questions to ask. And so, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget your seat at the Gulf Screen Guild Theater is reserved for next Sunday night at the same hour. Our play is the rollicking comedy I Met Him in Paris with Melvin Douglas and Southern Robert Young and, of course, Oscar Bradley and his Gulf Orchestra. Be sure to listen, won't you? Until then, this is Roger Pryor saying good night, everybody, for your neighborhood good Gulf dealer. Claudette Colbert can soon be seen in Paramount the night of January 16th. Charles Boyer's latest picture for Warner Brothers is All This in Heaven, too. And Isabel Jewell is now working on the RKO picture Irene, soon to be released. The Gulf Theater originates at Earl Carroll's Columbia Square, Hollywood, and this is the Columbia Broadcasting System. <laughs>